Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us today, friends. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. St. Gabriel's here in Columbus, Ohio. We're blessed to have both those lovely organizations as partners in this mission. Um, Friends, I'm joined here in the beautiful yet chilly illustrious Damascus media studio overlooking a wintry wonderland uh, here on this December day. And I'm joined here with my friend, by my friend and brother in Christ, Joseph Schleter. Welcome back to the show, Joseph. It's good to be back, Aaron. It's been a while since we've hosted together, but it's going to be a joyful occasion today. It's going to be full of holly jolly Christmasiness. Friends, you may be listening to the show on a uh, on a rerun or as a podcast today. We are we are like one week. We're one week out from Christmas, and um, you know it's it's the year twenty twenty. Uh, we are, I think, <laughs> and that, all that means <laughs> there's so much excitement building for this uh, for the end of this Christmas season here in the state of Ohio. We are we are preparing for our maximums. COVID spike potential. Uh, I think it's about six days from today. <laughs> so um, the the good news is, for better or worse, the end is in sight. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And um, Joseph, why don't you kick us off in prayer as we, as we start the show today? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, I just thank you so much for for the beauty of this time we live in, for the beauty of Amen. Um, all the craziness and all of the um, the things happening in the world, God, that um, that you use to awaken hearts to you, that yes. you use to bring us closer to you, to refocus ourselves on you, to show us again um, that you you are the top priority. Yeah. Um, in a year of 2020, where a lot of people said there's going to be a year of new vision, um, I just thank you, God, that 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 has rung true. That it's a year of of seeing what really matters the most and mm-hmm. seeing friends and family and you, God, as priority. And so I just pray that you continue to bless us as we begin to wrap up this year, um, as we await the birth of of you, God, that we celebrate your birth and we um, await your coming again, God, that our hearts would continue to always just be so caught up in you um, and attentive to your coming um, whenever you come again, God, but also the way that you come to us in each and every day. I pray for the show, God, that you would bless our words, that you bless all those listening, um, and we just give it all over to you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, wow, Joseph, it has, uh, it has been a wild year. And, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as, as, you were, as you were leading that, that moment of prayer, I'm, I, I'm reminded of the words from, from Joseph that we see in Scripture uh, in Genesis, where he says, you know, what others meant for evil, God wills mm, for my good. That's good. And as we, uh, you know, it has it, it has been a beautiful couple of weeks here at here at Damascus. We we just we just finished um, last week our very first ever Catholic men's retreat here at Damascus. It was we awesome. Had, we had a hundred men who were here. Uh, maybe some of you guys are are listening to the show. It was a it was a beautiful and transformative week. And one of the uh, one of the messages that did shine through was that even though it, you know it has been a wild year, it has been a, a challenging year. Um, there's 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 no excuses for that, right? Um, but we have an opportunity now to actually allow the Lord to bring good from what you know from what the majority of the human population and the on the planet Earth right now right. is is kind of 
writing off as a, a, a terrible, a terrible experience. Right. And, and we have an opportunity as, as, as Catholics, as Christians to actually, to, to allow God to bring good from that, from this, what, what has been a, a time of real challenge and suffering. Right. I mean, I, I think it's one of the most exciting times in the world to be a Christian Yeah, because there's just so many opportunities because people are looking for hope and they're looking yeah. for joy and that's exactly what we carry. So like now more than ever, the call of a Christian is like so present and needed and like tangible. And it's just really cool that the Lord can like use this to just do so much and to like, I mean, we've already heard so many stories. I mean, yeah. some of the retreats that we have been able to hold, like the men's retreat were some of the most powerful retreats we've ever had yep. because hearts are just so hungry yep. and, and are so, I've been like so fed up with everything the world's giving. Like I yeah. need something more and we can just bring them the light of Jesus. Yeah. It, it is amazing. You know, uh, the old saying goes that that dry wood burns brightest, right? Yeah. And, uh, and and we have been in a season in our in our world and in our church where I think that I think that the human heart is ready for it's ready for action, it's ready for passion, mm-hmm. it's ready for for victory. Yeah, uh, it's 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 searching for hope, it's hungry for hope, and uh, that should be that should be an encouragement for us, friends. If you're listening to the show today and you are wondering how is it that I can continue to carry on um, this this call that I have toward the evangelization of my family, toward the evangelization of my of my coworkers, right? How can I witness to the love of Jesus? I think that like Joseph's saying, you you have an opportunity right now more than ever before. Why? Because the stage has been set for for a radical transformation of hearts. And uh, and I, I think I think I think the world's ready to burn. Um, it's, and, and, and we have that spark, uh, that, that we can, we can speak hope into a time of despair. Yeah. Uh, friends, if you're joining us today for the first time, or if you'd like a little reminder of, of why we exist beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. So St. Paul, you remember the guy, <laughs> he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And when he met Jesus, his faith was awakened in a way that he never would have imagined. What happened? Did his story stop there? No. Uh, faith encounter is meaningless without being launched into mission. There's no such thing as discipleship without missionary discipleship. And Paul went yeah. to Damascus. It's there that he his his life was transformed again, right? He went to Damascus blind <laughs> and through through an encounter with the Christian community there, he he was healed of of his blindness. He was trained in the art of evangelization and and discipleship, and ultimately, uh, he wrote the book, literally uh, the New Testament, um, m- most of multiple. it, multiple, <laughs> multiple books, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 he he launched into a life of mission. Um, yeah. Mission and encounter for Paul were 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 tied, and so too our lives uh, need to be need to be tied in that way. Joseph, today's uh, we we do have a really exciting show today. Um, it's always an exciting show. We, we're we're bringing on a a super uh, amazing guest uh, today. One of the guys that we work with every single day here at Damascus, um, and uh, Jotham Allwine is going to be joining us today on the show. The man himself. He is uh, he's he's an inspiration to me in many different ways. We'll we'll kind of introduce him and and let Jotham explain his work here at Damascus in a little bit. But one of the things that inspires me about Jotham is his commitment to mission. You know, as uh, as before, I was executive director here at Damascus in Centerburg. I was a youth minister for for twelve years at a parish, and in my time in youth ministry, um, Jotham, Jotham and I crossed paths uh, 
frequently. And um, it, it was it was often in times, whether it was through the March for Life, whether it was through service or mission work, um, that those were kind of moments where where I always saw Jotham coming alive. And uh, and so to today, I, I continue to see that. I, I think there's something really special about extraordinary work of mission, right? When, when we talk about our missionary program here at Damascus to strangers, oftentimes, you know, the, the connection that we make with missions is going, you know, going overseas and spreading the work of Jesus to, to non-Christian nations or, or, or a, maybe a humanitarian mission where we're going to some impoverished third world country and we're trying to bring um, hope and freedom and, and, and restoration and health. But here at Damascus, we we truly are living out a missionary call. There's a component yeah. of mission where where we are called to to live that mission every single day. And uh, I, even looking back at my own life, like th- there are there are there are times where um, I've seen the most the like the greatest moments of of spiritual growth and awakening for me in my own adult life and through high school and through college were times where I broke from my routine and did something that required just going out on a limb, right? right? To yeah. take to take that leap of faith. Taking the risk. And uh, Christmas season is always one of those reminders. Like one of, one of the greatest um, seasonal moments of transformation for me has been in my, in my mission work in, in Appalachia with, uh, with the Cranks Creek mission trip, right? I, I calculated last night, I've been, I've been going to Cranks Creek for, Almost twenty years. Wow! And um, just to see the way that my heart has been transformed in stepping out of my daily routine, where I control most things, right? <laughs> where where I where I run the show here in operations in Damascus, and stepping into a place where truly, like, I'm not setting the schedule. Yeah. Uh, that Cranks Creek operates in a, in a different time, like understanding of of space and time than I do as a normal. I guess maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm normal to me, um, but uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not on my own schedule anymore when I'm there. Yeah. Um, I, I put my heart in service and, and I, I've, I've just seen, I've seen every year moments of incredible transformation. Why? Because I, because I realize, um, and I would invite you listeners to, to, to understand that there's something important about stepping out of what's comfortable mm-hmm. to take that to take that leap to take that step, and if we can make that a part of our routine to actually let what I'll call you know extraordinary mission be a part of our lifestyle, that that we can come to a place where we can avoid that temptation to fall into the status quo. Yeah, I mean, because I think a lot of it is just like getting outside of what you're familiar with. Yeah, when you're familiar with something, it just becomes so easy and so routine. But then when you like actually challenge yourself to step outside of like what's easy and familiar and comfortable with you, then like it allows the Lord to really work in a new way because you can encounter him in a new yeah. way. And, and, and a lot of times we just, we set our bar too low, right? right? We, we set, we set an expectation for ourselves of what's, of what's possible and what's impossible. And, and then uh, we like, we just kind of like burrow there. Like, yeah. It's like, that's our sweet spot. We're just going to stay there and we're not going to move beyond that. But like God has like so much, like just beyond that, like yeah. just taking it I mean, even I think to me being here, yeah. like, right. Like I, I was like, okay. It was really, it would have been really easy for me 
to, you know, do what everyone was telling me to do and to go to college. I had a full ride and like a roommate and like everything picked out. And I just felt the Lord being like, you're not going to grow there. Yeah. And I was like, wait, okay, that's, you're right. <laughs> yep. And I was like, okay, I, yep. so how, like I could really easily, this is familiar to me. It's comfortable to me. It's easy to me. But if I actually step outside of that and go into a place where I, I don't have as much control over like yeah. what I'm doing with my life. And like, I'm going to have to like serve and die to myself day in and day out. And it's just going to look a lot different. Yeah. It's not familiar, but that's where I've experienced like insane growth in the past, in the two years. And since I was like been a missionary because yeah. I like was, I, I was like, okay, God's not calling me to stay where it's familiar and easy and comfortable, yeah. but he's calling me to do something outside of my comfort zone, outside of my familiarity. And that's where I experienced the most growth. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, friends, Joseph, um, we've introduced him in the past shows, but Joseph works as our as our coordinator for worship here at Damascus. And um, just last month, Joseph, we I, I got to travel down to Florida with Joseph. He um, opened a uh, a concert for a, a couple concert a concert tour for an amazing artist, Phil Wickham. Um, yeah. Joseph did an amazing job. I will <laughs> I'll celebrate him to no end, and. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that, that blew me away, um, it, when we're talking about mission is how did you get there? It was, it was just through, it was through, was it Instagram? It was or? Instagram. Just, I just, I sent, I, so Phil Wickham's, if anyone, you haven't heard of him, you really should look him up. He's an incredibly gifted, spirit filled, um, really popular Christian artist. And I, I had sent him over Instagram last February when my first song came out. Her second song came out. I'd sent him it over Instagram. I was like, Hey, you're an inspiration. Like, I love you. Check this out. And kind of like, let me know your thoughts. And yeah. he actually saw it, responded to it. And we, we talk like, we have like little moments of interaction here and there. And I saw he was doing this tour and I was like, you know what? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like maybe he says, no, it's great. No different than where I am right now. So I was like, okay. I asked him if he like was interested in having like someone come along and open for me for the tour. And he gets back to me a little bit later, has this guy call me. And next thing you know, I'm in Florida opening for this Christian artist. And it was so cool. Cause like what we're talking about, I mean, it took me, you know, stepping outside a little bit yeah. and being like, okay, this is uncomfortable because you're asking some really like cool, famous dude, like, Hey, can I, can I do something with you kind of thing? But I mean, just being able to like do it grew me so much. It was yeah. an opportunity for me to be really blessed by him and his insight and his like leadership and, and even for like me to be able to bless him and people who are there. And like, yep. just like that aspect of when you step outside of what you're familiar with, it, there's like two parts to it. One, like you're going to grow so much. Like yep. You're going to like experience so much growth, but two, the Lord's going to use that for mission that he's going to use that, like stepping outside of your comfort zone to like actually bring other people into a deeper encounter with the Lord. Yeah. So how do you do something wild? How do you, how do you, how do you stretch yourself out of your comfort zone? How do you open a concert for Phil Wickham? Um, <laughs> Instagram. It, 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 it's, it's Instagram. It's, 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 uh, it's scheduling a time to go to a soup kitchen, to go minister yeah. to the, on the street. It's scheduling a time to go and take a, you know, take a weekend out of your, out of your routine and, and, and spend it in, uh, you know, six hours away down in southeastern Kentucky. Right. It's, it, I, I think it's just like the biggest thing is intentionality. Precisely. And you talk about yep. that a lot, Aaron, like just how to be like intentional because we fall into routines. Amen. Like as human beings, we just naturally tend to fall into routines. But when you can actually like observe, okay, I'm going to be intentional and step out of my routine and go to a soup kitchen, go to Crank's Creek, yeah. 
make an effort to reach out to a person. It, all it takes is just intentionality to break up like that monotony that you get into. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, yeah. you're thriving in mission and uncomfortability, but growing and Amen. serving because of it. And what a great, what a great transition. Um, we're going to, we're going to welcome on one of the, uh, one of the most intentional guys that I know. Um, and, uh, once again, friends, I think I think that you will be really inspired by his story, not only in how he's encountered the Lord, but in how he's transformed it into mission every day. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's welcome on briefly before we jump into our break, our friend and brother in Christ, Jotham Allwine. Welcome, yeah, Jotham, to the Jotham. show. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's good Thank to be you here. for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Um, Jotham, what do you do here at Damascus? What's your uh, what's your official title? I am the creative director here at Damascus. Creative director, and that's a new position that we made uh, or that we have built over the last couple of years. Um, it really kind of highlights one of the main areas of focus that we have as a as a apostolate as an organization. And um, Jotham, you've been here with us for three years at this point. Yeah, about three years. Yeah. And uh, the biggest and most exciting news is that Jotham is. Freshly engaged, fresh engagement, right? <laughs> so <here>. fresh. <laughs> what was the, what was the day? It's been it's been f- three days. Uh, Two. Yes. Wait, is it Monday? No, Monday. 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 Monday sorry. Yes. Praise the Lord. Monday yeah, morning. we're recording on a Wednesday, um, <laughs> and uh, so just so blessed. So, uh, Jotham, thank you for joining us on the show today, friends. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna take a short break, and we are gonna come on back, and Jotham's gonna share his story of how encounter meets mission. We'll see you right after the break. Hi, this is Tom Price from EWTN's Call to Communion. Christmas is not just a day, it's a whole season. So don't be too quick in pulling that tree down or taking the lights down. Take some time and enjoy the beauty and wonder of the Christmas season. We wish you peace, joy, and blessings to you and your families from all of us at EWTN. EWTN is now on Twitter. Get short, timely messages from EWTN on your computer or cell phone. It's easy to stay up to date on a wide variety of topics. Pro-life news, Vatican announcements, catechesis, apologetics, the latest EWTN programming, and more. You can link to EWTN on Twitter from our homepage or go to twitter.com slash EWTN. At work, at home, at school, and on the road. Stay connected to your world with EWTN's Twitter page. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, if you don't know by now, uh, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And boy, do we have a fun show for you. So uh, Joseph and I have just welcomed on today's guest, Mr. Jotham Allwine. Welcome back, Jotham. Yes, Thank you, thank you, yes. And Jotham, friends, Jotham works here at Damascus as our creative director. Um, The theme for today's show that we kind of opened up in the first segment, if you didn't catch it, check it out on Rerun on on the podcast, um, is, is our universal call to a life of extraordinary mission. Joseph and I were talking about how um, truly some of the most moving and impactful moments in our life have just come from times when we've taken a leap of faith, taken a risk, jump out of our routine. And, uh, and that's, that's the kind of the foundation from which I want to invite Jotham to share his story today. 
Um, Jot, why don't we, uh, why don't we open up with, um, just asking the question, like, you know, we are the, we are the show where encounter meets mission. Um, tell us a little bit about your own personal encounter with Jesus and maybe how that sets you up for, um, being where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 30 years old now. Yeah. So I'm old man over the hill. Over the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love being over that hill. Um, little, little foothill. <laughs> I've been trying to radically pursue a relationship with with Jesus for about twelve years now. So that's been that's been awesome. It's been a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just a little bit about myself. I um starting dating back to high school. I lived kind of re- a rebellious life. I, I actually grew up uh, credo Catholic, awesome family. Um, I have eight siblings. Parents were also radically in love with Jesus, and they always encouraged encouraged me in my faith. Um. But my junior, senior year, I, I just, I don't know. I just hung out with a group of guys that like, like to have fun. Like just, they were just like crazy. They're honestly, they're good guys. Just kind of harmless. But do, they didn't do really. Do I know any of them? Um, <laughs> I think you it's might okay. know one That's or right. two. <laughs> <laughs> they're not like criminals or anything. <laughs> uh, but they just, they didn't really have like any, there was no, they didn't really have, they weren't practicing a faith. I don't think they saw a huge lot of importance when it came to the faith. Um, so I think just surrounding myself with them yeah. and almost like desiring just to like have fun as well. I, I, I would say I was kind of rebellious in that I went to a lot of parties and um, I don't know, like in my mind at that time, it was a lot of drinking, even drugs. And, uh, but there was a small inclination to, um, travel the country mm-hmm. and the best vessel for that at the time only because my sister did this was with this ministry called net ministries <laughs> and that's uh, crazy so it's it was odd that i chose a ministry so i was like i'm just gonna apply and just see what happens while well, i was applying country. to a bunch of different colleges and uh uh i went to the interview retreat weekend and they ask you pretty like direct questions about um like so okay when was the last time you drank I'm like 18 at the time. Like, when was the last time you maybe smoked or did any illegal substances? On the way to this <laughs> interview. I was literally like... 10 minutes uh, ago. Like, I was like, yesterday? <laughs> like, no joke. And they and there was like told to like... Uh, I think they shifted it recently, but they were like told to like, kind of like not make an expression. So they're just like writing down notes. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is good. I at least went through this process. There's no way I'm accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, I get accepted like a week later. That's so um, So uh, they, Either they saw something amazing in you or or they, they were hungry for applicants that year. <laughs> I, think it was their, I think they were hungry for applicants. Or both, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not both. Uh, no. Uh, so it was cool. It, started, it kicked off this journey. Um, I, I went to Ned. I remember crying and calling my dad multiple times and being like, you know what? Like, this is just, I don't know why I decided to do this. Why didn't I just go to college with my friends? Like, it's so odd. And uh, um, just kind of, just like the shock of experiencing anything new. Um, and my dad's like, just give it a week. So I was like, Ugh. And uh, so I, I gave it a week and um, things quickly shifted in my heart. I, I, I uh, The group of guys that I was with for the, for just the next five weeks, which mm-hmm. um, led into the whole year, were like the exact guys that I needed. They kind of had a similar story as I did. And um, two weeks into it, I just um, just had this radical um, kind of reversion back to my faith uh, and was just blown away. The Holy Spirit just like uh, swept me off my feet. And um, what, uh, every truth 
about myself and every truth that about Jesus was just so, so, so clear. And, um, uh, I, I quickly shifted gears. Like, I mean, my life changed, uh, uh, significantly that year so much. So to the point where I felt kind of compelled to apply to the seminary, um, to at least discern, um, becoming a Catholic priest. I entered the seminary, um, at the Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. I'm from Columbus, by the way. And, uh, it was, again, it was a hard transition in the beginning, but I, it was also another uh, two very, very formative instrumental years for my life. Um, I was led with, there was about 13 incredible formator priests. The rector was phenomenal. It was, it was uh, exactly where the Lord wanted me again. Uh, I, I grew to be obsessed and in love with the art of study. I was, I was wow. addicted to philosophy and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a very, very scary addiction. <laughs> do, you still, do you still keep up with it? Like, are you still like into uh, philosophy or everyone, is that, is that I, like a passing thing? No, it is. I, I read a decent amount. Um, not like the thick, thick philosophy that we were going through. But, okay. uh, so two years there ended up discerning out. I just, I guess I just liked girls too much. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just, I, uh, I discerned out, and felt more called to the vocation of marriage. That's yeah. a more uh, PC version of saying that. And <laughs> I enter. I finished my the four year degree that I had at Ohio Dominican. Everything transferred is awesome. So I finished with a double major in marketing philosophy. Love that. Right after I got that marketing degree, and a position opened up with the ministry that I was talking to you about earlier with Net Ministries. I I joined their staff for two years. So right after the <laughs> the two years at Ohio Dominican, went up to Minnesota. Uh, lived in St. Paul, Minnesota for two years, working at the Net Center with Net Ministries, and I did a lot of marketing things. I kind of traveled the country. I was kind of a utility person. I did some recruiting, some development stuff. Um, I wrote a lot, a lot of blogs. Um, and again, uh, my relationship with Jesus um, continued to grow, and I was. it was just another um, beautiful opportunity to be formed in a different way. Yeah. After the two years are up, I moved back to Columbus, uh, where I'm from, and I worked for my dad for a little bit, and then I started doing part-time work for Damascus as well, kind mm-hmm. of as like a video contracted guy. Um, and I did that for about a year, um, kind of working. My dad owns a, a catering company, and he's a he's a very talented chef, and we kind of... Um, I was working for his company, doing marketing, kind of rebranding, and was also working for Damascus, where I was basically just trying to, um, uh, yeah, just just uh, amplify what they were already doing, um, mainly with with more videos. And uh, after that, I um, was offered a job as a creative director, and I've been the creative director for about two years, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been wild. So, for all of you guys that are listening, this. December will be um since high school I have not done anything longer than two years except and the only exception will start this January 1st wow. see if we can make it see if we can make it to January 1st <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, I say, everything in your life is in like twos yeah it's like never two years then seminary for two years then oh, I for two years <laughs> if 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 we make it through January it's gonna be two decades we're gonna throw a party yeah do you okay just like, think of me when you guys are at your parties just <laughs> Do you, uh, here's the biggest question I have is, is do you still blog? 
slash can that blog be found anywhere? <laughs> like my writing blog? You said you blogged a lot when you were with Net. Sorry, no, that was for Net. Oh, you <laughs> but they were for a lot Net. of personal things as well, yeah. Oh. And that really took off. It was awesome. Like we were seeing <laughs> blogs get like fifty thousand yeah. views. It was crazy. Jotham, you're a great writer. If if you want to find any uh Bring any good stuff from Jotham Allwine, what was your famous one? Uh, there's a song, there was one called take me to church and it was about the song, take me to church and how it was very diabolical. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, it was perfect timing. And, uh, then there was another one called why is Mark Wahlberg and that was Pope Francis. I thought, I thought Justin Bieber. No, it was Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg one got a pretty lot similar. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to mistake that they're easily confused. Yeah. Back when blogs in 2014, 15, man, blogs are just everything. Bring it back. <laughs> um, uh, so Jotham, the work that you've been doing here in the creative department is, um, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, I wonder if maybe we can, you can just brag a little bit about, uh, and sharing the mission of what the creative department here at Damascus has been. Um, we've, we've talked here on the show, you know, at, at length, um, over the last number of years about how truly our Christian call is a call to evangelization, right? Mission and evangelization, they are the same thing. Um, and, uh, and, and our creative department here at Damascus, I think you, you're, your vision for it has really pushed us in areas where often we wouldn't think to go. And um, tell me a little bit about what your work here at Damascus has been. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I mean, really, this is the goal, just to simplify it, has been um, in my department has been to capture um, the heart of the gospel here at Damascus. And even more simply, just to capture the heart of the gospel. Yeah. And um, I think the most um, original art and the most original way to display things is actually just to capture whatever truth is happening or just yep. capture the moment in the best possible way. Um, that's really been the goal. And uh, that's when I uh, kind of when I first started here it was pretty much somewhat of a, a one man show um, just because we were kind of restructuring and figuring things out. And um, when I was f- um, filming, editing, posting all myself, uh, which is only a couple years ago. Um, that was that was the goal to capture the heart of the gospel. Now we have a team of you know twelve fifteen people, and um, the goal is still to capture the heart of the gospel. Uh, and it's awesome. I love it. It's capturing the heart of the gospel is a it's a really really um, it's a cool calling. Yeah. Uh, and we primarily do it through through video. Um, I think every there's just so many different encounters like there like things are actually ha- like people are speaking truths into people's lives as well as like people are encountering Jesus by way of like a rock wall or a zip line or whatnot. So there's a lot of like movement and there's a lot of action. And I think for Damascus more specifically, um, maybe definitely, definitely more than just like typing out a bunch of things. Video is just the best way to capture it all. Um, in my perspective. And, um, I would say starting like just four years ago, the world has been able to, um, by consumer pro video equipment that is um, like top notch. And so I think the accessibility to produce yep. and to capture moments via video is um, it's just never been more accessible. And so we are just capitalizing on, on the technological advancements uh, and we're trying to do it the best way possible. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so Jotham, you're working with a team of, of missionaries. Some of the, some of the things that I, that I see happening here in our creative department um, 
we are we're constantly asking ourselves what we can do differently to uh to to be the response that the Lord has in mind to the situations of our day. Mm-hmm. So we we talked about it here on the show before but um one great example was last March when the world shut down due to COVID, <laughs> you know, we Jotham you and I had been planning and scheming on building this media studio for a number of, you yeah. know, for a number of years mm-hmm. and I guess months. Um and we had we had dedicated our effort toward it. We had committed to the project, and lo and behold, we we truly, uh, although it was a rush, it was a rush completion. We completed construction on our Damascus Media Studio, which has video and audio capability. Uh, mm-hmm. The the day that uh, Governor Dewine here in the state of Ohio yeah. called for a it's called wild. for a statewide shutdown, right? It's crazy. And we were able that that allowed us to be able to pivot our entire ministry model toward um a a fully staffed full video production that we called Damascus Live mm-hmm. um that impacted 150,000 people over the course of the couple months that it ran and really set the stage for the Alive program that we've just launched here from Damascus uh th- that I I would imagine that's probably the the single program that's consuming the most of your time and focus and energy <laughs> right now yeah like ninety five percent, but alive. Uh, so alive is a is a it's a video series. It's a faith a family faith formation series that actually activates families and parents to be able to be the primary uh, the primary instructors of the faith for their children. Mm-hmm. So we're working to complement or even um, sup you know to complement to supplement or even to uh, to replace what is. A, a regular parish's standard model for for family faith formation for PSR, mm-hmm. and already this year, how many we we have six hundred? Is that right? Six hundred families 600, yeah. who are actively engaged on a weekly basis in our live programming. Um, it's just it's awesome. You know, it's it's a great it's a great business. It's a great ministry. You can check it out at damascus.net forward slash alive. But more important than that, it's just I think it's just been awesome for me to see you and your team. And it's not just you. It's it's it is a it's a it's a huge team effort time, yeah. to to capture a vision and transform it into reality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's truly a hallmark of of what this you know what the creative department is about, and um, it it's it's impacting the church. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, it's funny because I um, <clears throat> since you bring up alive, I mean obviously the goal is to capture the heart of the gospel here, but I remember like even in a um, kind of a kind of trajectory type goal, I remember committing to myself three years ago when I got here, I was like, whatever form it is, whether it's video, social media, whatnot, we're going to be, I want to bring about a team here that's going to produce the quality stuff that's going to eventually uh, gain funding. Like actually it's going to be good yeah. enough for, for funding to actually start to come in. And so, and I don't know if I'm allowed to share this here, but, sure. um, we, yeah. So we, um, for the first time, and it was, it was just very, it was a, it was a really powerful moment for me because I felt as though there were actual kingdom resources coming in after all of these, just this very slow, gradual increase of yeah. production and our ability to to just excel in exactly what the Lord wants us to do is that we were donated um, $75,000 just for our media department, just specifically for, 
for live the, for the marketing and production for the program exactly and um that was that was legitimately a goal that i set out right when i got here is to yeah. produce stuff high you know high quality stuff where people are thinking i could actually you know give my money to x y and z but this is this is mind-blowing like yeah what we're doing here and so yeah praise god awesome um so john when we when we kicked, we kicked off the show today identifying um the the call to the call to what the call to extraordinary moments of mission right and um i I just wanted to call back i think i think one of the one of the biggest moments for you having walked through it with you was um was the day that you decided to step outside of kind of the freelance um stuff that you were doing for damascus into what was a, a true leap of faith it was stepping outside of what you were comfortable with and what you felt you had a um, a commitment to with, with the, with your dad's catering business and mm-hmm. actually stepping into, um, into engaging in a life of mission here. I saw a marked shift in you when you, when you made that decision, when you made that call. Mm. Um, and, uh, I think it, you're not a stranger to making those, those decisions. So that's that, the, the biggest reason why I wanted you to be on the show today. Um, first of all, you have an amazing, um, you have an amazing story of just pursuing the heart of Jesus. I love, mm. I love how you share that with us. Um, wh- one of the things that impressed me most about you, Jot, is that in addition to maintaining a, a consistent standard of excellence in what you do every day, um, excellence in what you do every day is not enough. And uh, I, I love how you've so clearly communicated that um, kind of that, I don't know, that theory or that conviction that, outside of a daily routine, which for you is a life on mission with a mission organization that you've got to have something additional that you're doing that that's like an expression of the passion of your heart. Can you, can you maybe speak to that? Yeah. So, um, that's great. (laughs) When I started working here at Damascus, I would say outside of my nine to five job, my mission was Damascus (laughs) because I, I just loved, you know, I still love uh, everything that's happening at Damascus. And I knew to get things off the ground, I had to put in extra time and extra work, regardless of whether I was like receiving, pay, you know, I just, I wanted to do it voluntarily. Uh, and so I remember putting in many hours, yeah. like where I'd be working till 9 p.m., not because Damascus told me to, just because I wanted to. So I would say my mission was Damascus outside of like, you know, I guess what my role was. And, um, Right after the summer ended this year, I committed and after a lot of prayer um, to actually be a part of a mission called um, Urban Encounter, which basically just started. Uh, and so my nine to five role at Damascus ends and um, this other mission begins um, yeah. at Urban Encounter. So and it's been awesome. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Urban Encounter and what you're doing there, because I think you're you're underselling yourself a little bit you've made some radical moves toward really investing in in this mission and it's an exciting mission and one that i think our listeners would be really encouraged by but um that that's such a i don't know i think there's there's a real profound um insight in that perspective right i know that as a youth minister for many years like uh i I often fell into the trap of thinking that okay here i am i'm working long hours for the church um, I'm, you know, not that my youth ministry career was by any chance, a, an injustice to me, but I was like, okay, I'm making, I'm making less money than I, than I could be or should be making elsewhere. So like my, uh, just by virtue of fulfilling my job, 
I can already check the boxes for mission and and charitable contribution <laughs> and that's very yeah. and that's not the that that's not the mindset that actually is 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 needed of a of a christian like what if yeah. we if we fall into the trap of thinking that i'm already doing in my daily routine um the extraordinary mission that i that i'm called to then we're never actually going to step into into realizing what god might want to do to us outside of what we've grown comfortable with mm-hmm. yeah so you, Jotham, you're truly on on mission here at Damascus every single day, um, you know, every every single day, and it's a it's a mission that's changing people's lives. It's a mission that's transforming the church. And when you leave Damascus, you drive to another mission because that conviction has been in your heart. And uh, and I just I, I'm I'm inspired by that. I have been inspired by that in the last six months. Um, and. I think it's called me out of my comfort zone, and I hope for for some of our listeners that that might that might just be that little that little twinge of of conviction that mm. maybe I've grown yeah. comfortable with uh, with the good work that I'm doing on a daily basis, um, and maybe maybe it's in responding to the Lord and saying yes to something extraordinary that God can actually pull mm. me into something greater. So yeah. tell us about what your process has been with Urban Encounter and how that's transformed your your life in the last couple months. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I have the, I, you know, I I am an older man, but I'm also an like, old, old, <laughs> old man, thirty year old guy. Yeah, bro. Yeah, um, but I I'm still you know I'm not in my vocation yet, so I have the ability to do a lot, and it's awesome that the Lord's afforded me this time, and so that that's a blessing. Um, but yeah, so with Urban Encounter, it, it really just started. Um, I for the past two years, I I am their worship leader, so I've been um, helping their monthly events. Basically, it was just a worship event. But ultimately, the goal of Urban Encounter is to uh, transform um, cities for the Lord, and more specifically, transform neighborhoods to kind of reclaim neighborhoods um, to radically fall in love with Jesus um, and. Uh, we want to really target the um, the neighborhoods that are really struggling um, when it comes to any sense of spirituality and especially the ones that are struggling financially. Um, and so there's a neighborhood in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from. Uh, it's actually the largest continuous neighborhood in Columbus, which I found wow. out recently. It's kind of cool. cool. That is wild. That um, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It spans from like, well, you're, you're in, so you're in the hilltop. It's, yeah, so it's, it's called Hilltop. Spans like from just west of the city all the way to the Outer Belt. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yep, and there's seven thousand homes, and this is before like the coding of like separate like homes had to be like actually had to have distance between each other. They're pretty much just like there's like a foot between each home. It's like insane, and That's there's wild. every kind of size home. Um, it has the highest crime rate of any place in Columbus, and uh, it is uh, a wild uh, neighborhood, but I love it so much. And so I moved into the men's mission house. There are two mission houses. There's a woman's mission house. There's a men's mission house. I moved into the men's mission house about two months ago. Um, and this isn't like, you know, it's, this has been, I felt like the Lord has prompted me to help out with um, underprivileged people for mm-hmm. a long time. Um, and uh, I just don't think there was necessarily a vessel uh, for this uh um, until, especially in this sort of way that this ministry is structured until now. And so, um, there was a piece with the idea of moving. Um, my girlfriend at the, at the time, I, I mentioned the idea of moving to Hilltop. I was like, I know we've been helping out. She also (laughs) does worship with me. 
Um, I know we've been helping out with Brian for a while, but I just, I don't know. There's this piece about it kind of nervously. And then she just responded with, I was thinking the same thing actually, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. which is kind of mind blowing. Cause she's, she's younger than me. She's 22 and like, she's beautiful. She's incredible. She's awesome. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard another like 22 year old girl who like actually is jumping on the, on this idea of moving into the highest crime rate neighborhood <laughs> in Columbus. And, uh, so that, that honestly kind of sealed the deal in a weird way <laughs> for, for oh, me. Great. To, we got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, that was a commitment. And, uh, again, yeah, urban encounter, um, the, the cool distinction between urban encounter, I feel like a lot of other ministries, there's so many ministries in Hilltop, like praise be to God. Um, it seems like urban encounters goal is to, um, to really, um, you to, uh, as a missionary body, um, when we go out, we, we actually walk the streets. We'll even go up to people's houses. We'll knock on the doors. But to actually use our words and to speak truth into people's lives. Because there's a lot of people that aren't ever in like positions or were never raised in any sort of way where, where faith was like a large component of it. And even if faith was a large component, they're in, they're in positions now, whether it's an addiction, whether they just don't, they don't encounter people where there can be people to speak truth in their lives. Mm, and that's so cool. uh, a couple of weeks ago, I kind of came to this, this realization with this ministry, especially at Hilltop, that when speaking about like the three main virtues, faith, hope, and love, um, a lot of them actually have a high capacity to love. Like, I think that there's like a natural desire for that. Mm. And a lot of them actually do have believe in God. Like they actually believe in Jesus when you bring up, like there is there. So there is faith, but the virtue of hope just seems to be really lacking. Mm. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people are in the same patterns that they are. There's, yeah. there's just like a, um, there's a kind of a spirit of desolation. And so um, that's the reason why our houses exist in the hilltop area um, to bring hope to their lives, but also to create um, just a, an understanding that they have so much more potential than they think they have. And yeah. that there is, um, they have the ability to be, um, incredible leaders. Can you, uh, cause I know, um, urban encounter has, I mean, you guys just, what you guys do is so incredible. I've been able to come to a few of the things, but yeah. what is like, can you like just share testimony from like some of the things that mm-hmm. you've seen, yeah. um, yeah. doing like outreach with them, like going to the doors and knocking and just yeah. like some of yeah. with your work and mission there, what are some <laughs> of the cool things that you've seen? Yeah. Good question. So our house is, um, <laughs> it used to be a duplex and we, uh, all the, the crew we call it is about five, six guys. And they basically, um, like brick and mortar renovate houses. Like, like that's like their day job, but they also renovate like our mission houses. Which that's we awesome. have. There's really one that like we are kind of in ownership of now. And then there's another one, but, uh, um, so this particular house, it was a duplex and, um, they knocked out the middle, the middle sort of wall and just made it one big house. So there's seven yeah. guys living in it. I'm one of the guys, um, uh, and so there's four doors right now. <laughs> and like the guy who like invests oh. the money, he's like, for maybe down the road he's like i want you to keep the doors just in case we could maybe turn it back into duplex so there's a lot of there's a lot of accessibility for homeless people to knock on a door because <laughs> there's yeah. so many Four. Uh, yeah and uh and that's literally i mean i would honestly say at this point um in the best way um it's probably every 20 to 30 minutes we hear just a knock on the door wow. um, it's awesome yeah and every knock is a different story <laughs> And uh, I love it. It's it's actually really really cool um, because 
they're just kind of by word of mouth, like people know, again, this sense of hope and this sense of like this big white house, um, there's goodness coming from it. Mm, um, and so, so cool. yeah, it's so cool. Um, but we do this new believers program where basically this new, this event is like the first sort of like, uh, invite to something mm. they can do. So if we just meet a random guy on the street or a girl, like we pray over them. Um, it's just like that first, like, Hey, we have this event on Mondays. You should come. Um, and all it is, is just like a simple message and we do worship together. And there was a guy a couple weeks ago, um, he, um, he's like a, he was very articulate with all of his words, but he was just talking so much and was just like, um, uh, very excited about what was going on. And we had a meal together at, after it, we basically went into a time of worship and he was just getting very over, uh, overcome with the Holy spirit. I mean, he got to the point where like for someone who's talking a lot, I mean, he was just silent. He's wow. looking at, he's sitting in a chair, looking at Jesus and was, um, I mean, it was like a long time. Like we stopped worshiping and he just was like, wow. And then he came so cool. and then he looked at me and he was just like, if you don't see me in a while, it's because I'm, I'm getting help. Like I'm going to, I'm going to rehab. And, wow. Um, but he's like, I'm serious about this. I'm, you know, I'm committing to it. And, uh, it was incredible. And so while we were praying, um, actually the guy who, who started kind of thought about urban encounter, which I'm surprised I haven't mentioned his name, is Brian O'Donnell. He's an incredible man. Um, he had a kind of the Lord prompted in his mind. I want you to to give this guy, buy this guy a room for the night. So he told him, Brian was like, Hey, I actually want to get you a room. I want to buy you a, like a hotel room. And the guy just kind of started crying. He's like, are you serious? Like, um, like, yeah, seriously. So we took him to his hotel room. Um, he gave, he gave Brian a hug. Like, thank you. Uh, or Brian gave him a hug. And, but, and the guy started, he kind of winced, like, as in he had a, something wrong with his with his ribs and he's like i think i broke i think i broke my ribs so we did this whole event we had no clue his ribs were broken and brian without even saying anything was like jesus um uh healed this man's ribs and uh completely healed the guy was like the guy was just like losing his mind he's like are you serious like is this actually is this real and brian's like no it actually is real so yeah, I think that <laughs> from awesome. start to finish, this guy's the world is just like flipped. Totally changed. Um, that's so cool. And, and I don't, and to finish this story, and I only say this because I want to describe the real spiritual battle that's happening in a lot of these people's lives is mm. that's got that same guy came about a week later, came in. We we're super excited to see him. Um, he asked to use the restroom. He went to the restroom and, um, he got high. Like he, he like hit his, he hit his, um, his peak, he was like yelling in the bathroom and, um, it was, it was, it was very discouraging for the guys in the house. Um, because it almost felt like the evil one, um, kind of slapped us in the face, just saying like, I actually, um, am still in control of this guy. Um, you can do whatever you want, but there's no way he's going to break this addiction. And, uh, um, it kind of rattled us for a minute, but, uh, and I only say that because um, I know that the guy is probably going to come back. I know that so much more goodness is going to happen and it's going to for sure overcome the darkness, but yeah. there's a real battle out there. And a lot of these people um, are in places that uh, um, they don't want to be, they, they, they genuinely don't want to be. Um, but unfortunately there aren't places like urban encounter, just a simple group of guys that are radically in love with Jesus for these people, for these people to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And, and it, unfortunately, like a lot of these people, people's addictions are just very visible. And like, 
and it's it's kind of nice that, you, that it is very visible because it gives us an indication of where they're struggling. But there, I just want to acknowledge like there's so many other addictions that people are experiencing that yeah. aren't visible. Yeah. Thanks, Jot. That's that's awesome. We're going to take a real quick break. Um, then we're going to come back. We're going to we're going to wrap up the show with a time of prayer mm-hmm. and uh, just to root us again in this call to mission. Thanks for joining us for Beyond Damascus. We'll be right back after this break. This is what St. Teresa of Calcutta, also known as Mother Teresa, once said about prayer. Love to pray. Feel often during the day the need for prayer and take trouble to pray. Prayer enlarges the heart until it is capable of containing God's gift of himself. Ask and seek and your heart will grow big enough to receive him and keep him as your own. That is why we need prayer. is the weekly newsletter that's packed with program info, features, and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. Just go to EWTN.com wings. Fill out your name and email address, and you'll start getting your wings every week. When you get yours, send it to all your friends, and they can send it to their friends. And pretty soon, we're covering the whole world with the good news about EWTN. Wings, the weekly newsletter from EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. This has been an awesome show. Jotham's story. Thanks for sharing with us, brother. It's it's been uh, it's been really inspiring and kind of friends. I, I hope that the conviction on your heart might be summarized in saying this: regardless of what life you're living, whether you are in a life of full time ministry with the church, whether you're working for an apostle like Damascus, whether you are starting your own thing, that God has more for you. And that in embracing that call for more, that that's when you can see your heart come fully alive. Jot, I've seen an amazing new life in you in this past year as you have stepped into, again, saying yes to the Lord. Uh, And my prayer today for our community would be that we we would consistently say yes in the times when God calls us. So uh, friends, thanks for watching today or listening to today's show. Uh, we're going to wrap up in prayer and then, you know, go go back and, and listen again. If you're just tuning in, um, check out our podcast. It's, it's, it's found wherever podcasts can be searched under Beyond Damascus. And uh, we'll wrap up today in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, thank you for working in our lives, in my life and Jotham's life and Joseph's life, in the lives of our listeners, in a a, a call to extraordinary moments of mission. God, give us the grace to say yes when an invitation is made. Give us the grace to seek out opportunity for service, uh, to, to step outside of our comfort zone. Lord, whenever you put that prompting on our heart and the moment that we begin to feel comfortable, Jesus, remind us that there is more. There's more of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us today, friends. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio in Columbus, Ohio, and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We will look forward to seeing you again soon. If you're catching this show before Christmas, have an amazing holiday. Otherwise, have an amazing next holiday. God bless. We'll see you later.